Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. I am so excited because this is the first official episode. And if you caught the introduction episode, you would know that I'm the kind of person that likes to get to the good stuff right away. I don't care about the fluff and the small talk. I want to dive deep and I don't want to waste your time. Also, I'm fully talking with my hands right now just to be totally transparent with you. So that being said, I thought we'd kick things off with a short series. And since we're new friends, I don't want to go too deep right away. So I'm hoping to keep this series a little lighter to begin with. I want to start off talking about overwhelm. And overwhelm being that place where you feel so stressed by all that faces you, you could become literally paralyzed and don't know what to do. Possibly ending up on the couch in the fetal position, or you procrastinate and distract yourself from the actual thing that you need to do. And I have been there more than once. Overwhelm can also totally happen out of the blue. You're going along, everything in your day seems to be fine, and then suddenly you're hit with something that totally throws you off. And it can make whatever else you were doing in your day suddenly seem almost unmanageable. Like, my day was going great until I spilled coffee on myself, or that kid suddenly came down with a fever, or maybe I got that unexpected phone call. So I get it. About two and a half years ago, we had our third girl, and that in itself is overwhelming. And my oldest started kindergarten when the newborn was only a few weeks old. My body was all kinds of crazy at that time. No sleep, lots of hormones, not to mention all the feels of starting uh, my oldest starting kindergarten. But I remember even a few months into the fall, I would have these days where if I was the one responsible for taking my oldest to school, which is literally a two-minute drive down the road, I sometimes couldn't do it. The thought of getting all three kids into the car was just too overwhelming for me, and it paralyzed me. So I did what anyone in my state would naturally do. I just kept her home because that just seemed to be the thing that was less stressful than actually getting her to school. Now, thankfully, this only happened a few times. Most days, my husband was able to take her, and I only had to worry about the pickup. But There were many days I spent the entire day thinking about this five-minute school pickup. And then while I did it, I was often on the edge of tears the whole time. Now, it was a huge production to wake the sleeping toddler, get the baby strapped into the car seat, make sure she was fed and burped, and make sure I didn't look like a total hot mess, but I'm sure I often did. And while my entire life in that season was probably classified as overwhelm, You don't have to be a mom of three little kids to be overwhelmed. The crazy thing about overwhelm is that it doesn't matter if you're in university stressed about finals or if you're starting a new job or if you're a mom of a newborn. It all seems to hit regardless of what stage you're at in life. I remember before I had kids, I would look at the moms around me with such awe and wonder. I would think, I literally can't even take care of myself How will I possibly ever take care of a child? 
And in fact, that is actually a trick I have. I never think about the fact that I'm a mom. If I really stop to think about it, the every single never-ending needs of my kids, it honestly could send me hyperventilating and into a paper bag. And it's not that I'm not aware. I just choose not to dwell on the things that could send me into a tailspin. So I wanted to start off saying, I get it. I've been there. I also wanted to say that I have tried a lot of the procrastination and distraction tricks, and those also don't work. In university, my roommates and I would joke about how our rooms were never cleaner than they were during finals. We would use all of our anxious energy and pour it into cleaning instead of actually writing papers. And as a young mom overwhelmed by my kids, I found lots of ways to distract myself and make myself feel better. I would live for their bedtime and reward myself for surviving the day by eating junk food, drinking wine, spacing out on social media or Netflix, and also maybe a little bit of online shopping. But... None of those things really worked. They were temporary solutions to a bigger problem. Okay, I know I said we were new friends and I didn't want to go too deep too soon, but I lied. I'm going to. Pulling out the big guns here, I'm going straight to John 10.10. And if you have a New International Version Bible, you would see these words in red. That means they are straight from Jesus' mouth, which I think is always cool to see. These are the very words Jesus spoke. And he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, one thing I didn't really know about myself until recently is that I'm a bit of a word nerd. I love looking at verses and seeing those words broken down into Hebrew or Greek. And as I looked at this verse a little closer, I was struck by the definition of the word destroy. In the Greek, this word is apolemy. And aside from destroy, one of the meanings is to render useless. And as I read that, I thought, that is exactly what happens to me when I'm paralyzed by overwhelm. When I end up on the couch in the fetal position, or I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, not really knowing what it is I should be doing with my time. At that point, I am essentially rendered useless. I'm useless to my family. I'm useless to my friends. I'm useless in the kingdom of God. So when I find myself there, I have to wonder, how did I get here? Now, I'm not saying that every time I'm overwhelmed, it's the work of the enemy. But sometimes I wonder if I've been listening to his lies instead of the truth. Lies like I'm behind in my own life, which is ridiculous. But how often have I felt a sense of panic when I see others doing things I want to do or getting things that I want? In my early 20s, Every time I saw someone getting engaged, it sent me into a tailspin. Then, when I wanted to have a baby, every pregnancy announcement was like a direct blow to my gut. And just because those are not the things that I currently struggle with, it doesn't mean they haven't been replaced by new ones. Lies can come in all shapes and sizes. When my daughter was having a hard time learning to read, I heard, You've been a terrible mother. It's your fault. When I received a text message from a friend who declined an invitation to get together because she was too busy, I heard, she doesn't like me and she doesn't want to be my friend. I'm not good enough. Or maybe that time I risked and applied for that job or put myself out there career-wise career and received a rejection, I heard, I'm not smart enough or capable enough. Or when I continue to struggle in an area of my life in here, my life will always be this way. This is just who I am. Things will never change. 
If I yell at my kids, I hear, I'm a failure and a screw up. I'm going to screw them up too. When we look at Genesis 3, when we head back to the garden, where all of this mess began in the first place, we see the serpent is the one who plants the seed of doubt in Eve's mind. He says, did God really say you can't eat from this tree? What is he planting in your mind? Did God really say you'd have an abundant life? Did God really say he has great plans for you? Did God really say, just fill in your blank? And then further down in verse 11, when Adam and Eve are in the garden hiding from God because they were naked and ashamed, God says to them, who told you you were naked? Essentially, whose voice have you been listening to? When you hear those lies in your head, those things that are on repeat for so many of us, I'll ask you, who told you? Because the truth is, Jesus came to give you abundant life. The truth is, Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I think that's where we're going to have to start. Let's start with the truth that you are not an exception to the rule. Where Jesus said, again, his words in red, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That phrase, to the full, in Greek is parasos, and it means over and above, more than is necessary, exceedingly, abundantly, extraordinary. Jesus doesn't want you to just live an okay life. He wants you to thrive. Every week, I'm going to give you a little activation, a way to bring these truths into your life. And this week, my challenge for you is to take these two verses as your own personal declarations this week. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I want you to say, For I know the plans I have for you, and insert your name, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. For I know the plans I have for you, Jacqueline, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, Jacqueline. It's time to throw off the lies we've been believing and partner with the truth of the promises of God. I hope you have a great week and that this takes you one step closer to thriving. Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to connect more, you can find me hanging out on Instagram at Jacqueline.Widener. This has been an Extend Network production.